Hope you're having a great start today. Wasn't worship amazing this morning? Woo, I, th I say just get ready for more because the Holy Spirit's flowing down, amen. It's so good to see all of you, especially on Labor Day weekend, praise the Lord. Got a little extra day off. How many have your day off tomorrow? Anybody got a little extra day off? All right, all right, good job. Enjoy it, soak it in. I have some good news. Uh, on Monday, September 14th, one week from tomorrow, we are starting the parking lot, everybody. We're going to have a brand new parking lot. And that's a thanks to all of you and those who are home that have been a part of sewing into it and making that happen. So we are so excited. So on the downside of it, on the 20th, everybody say the 20th, we will have one service from home. So we will not be meeting on the 20th. And that is so horrible. I hate to even announce it. But they're going to take the whole week to tear it up. And then they wanted to curate the whole weekend. And then a team's going to come in and spray the park, the stalls and everything. So when you come back to church the next week, you might want to drive by and just, you know, take a look at your church parking lot because it's going to be so pretty. This is for how long I've been praying for this to happen. I can't believe it's actually happening next week. So anyway, on the 20th, we're going to worship from home. We know we can do that because we did it for, what, three months or something. So it's going to be okay, but we're going to come back ready. Amen and on fire. So I'm going to continue this morning. Oh, last week, how many enjoyed Pastor Paul? Held it down last week. We have amazing executive pastor and pastors and elders. And so I was in Tennessee visiting my mom and dad, and we had more fun, I will tell you. We ran around like a bunch of kids, and we laughed and ate. Laughed and ate and ate some more. That's what we did. But it was so much fun, so I was so glad to sneak away and surprise my mom for her birthday and to be there. So, But I'm happy to be back with you all. I miss you so much when I'm not here. And I'm going to continue on with Atmosphere Carriers. I hope you've been enjoying this series. I've been enjoying studying it. And so go back and to listen to some teachings online so you can get caught up and kind of be in the groove of um, where we're going with this message. Amen. I believe that we're coming into a great season of the church. And I've been saying this probably for a year, but I really after this um, new year comes apart, I think somewhere around November, December, January, we're going to see the acceleration of the local church. And I mean in signs, wonders, and miracles. And I mean display of God. And so I'm excited because I know it's been in my spirit and I feel it so strong as it's getting closer. And so I was told by the Holy Spirit to talk about uh, atmosphere carriers so that you were learning as Christ followers who you are to get yourself ready for this move of God. Because it's not going to look like the move of God we've seen in the local churches before. And that can be uncomfortable, and we don't know exactly what it looks like. But it's always been about crowds of people coming to a church to be touched by God. And that's wonderful, and that will happen. But this move that's going to be happening is going to be the church going out and touching the world. And then bringing them to church. It's going to be reversed because God wants to use his kids in this end time revival that's being launched. And how many, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Jesus wants to use me. That's right. We're talking about you this morning. So my part four this morning is this. Contending for kingdom power. Now we're talking about being carriers of the presence of God. So today we're going to talk about contending for the power of God that's in our life as believers. And that word contending means this. It's to assert something into a position. 
And so what we have to do as believers today is we've got to take and insert for us that God wants to move through his power in this season. It's not about just having great church services, and we've already had one this morning and a wonderful worship service, and that's going to be a piece of it. But more of it is going to be where God wants you to put his power activating in your life personally in front of you. It's not no longer going to be the pastors and elders that's going to be the forerunner in this move of God. It's not going to be people who went to Bible college that God's going to use. Not to say that Bible college people won't be used by God, but hear me by the Spirit. God is not moving by the intellect. He's moving by his Spirit in this season. And he's not moving through an elect. He's moving through his kids who will say, I will be available for God's power to move through me. How many want to be available? How many would love to lay hands on somebody and God heal them right there? Lay hands on tumors and see them fall off. Lay hands on blinded eyes and see those eyes open. That's the supernatural power of God that you carry. And we've got it backwards. We said, well, the church and the pastors, and that carries the anointing. No, you carry the power of God. And I'm going to show you that today according to his word. Amen. That's when serving God gets fun. Do you know when you just go through religion and you go through coming to church and you serve and all that's wonderful and we should be taking care of God's house. But when it's fun to serve God is when we're reaching the world for Jesus. When you're sharing your faith with someone and you're experiencing how you got saved. Or when you're laying hands by faith and, and you're shaken and you're terrified, wondering if the right words are going to come out. But when you're doing the works of the kingdom is where serving God brings so much joy to your life. Amen. Like nothing else that we can experience in this world. So Psalm 77 verse 14 says this. You are the God, and this is where we have to get the revelation. You are the God who performs, what's that word? Miracles, wonders. They got a different translation, that's okay. The God who performs wonders. God wants to perform miracles in this season. God performed miracles in the Old Testament, and it's wonderful to read about it. And I believe, I know God's going to perform miracles when he comes again. It's going to be the fullness of God, amen, and the power of God's going to come on this earth when Jesus comes back again. But God wants to move in his power right now. Say right now. Right now. He wants to move through his power in this season. It's not just an old thing done by the apostles. It didn't end with the apostles. And it's not going to be just when Jesus comes. His church is going to manifest his power in this season. And you have to get a revelation that we serve a miracle-working God. So as Christ followers, we've got to open up our eyes to the supernatural realm and begin to expect God to move in the supernatural. Amen? We don't follow signs and wonders. I'm not going to follow it, but they're sure going to follow me. Because I know the fruit of my life. I know when healings are following me, I'm following Jesus. But if I'm following just anybody that has miracles, it could lead me right off a cliff. Amen? But I'm going to follow. As, as I'm following God, I'm expecting the miracles to follow me in my life. For you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. How powerful is that? We are not seeing the display of the power of God like we need to see in the church. We're not seeing it. We're not seeing it in the world. You'll see it in other countries. You'll see it even in Mexico. There's some demonstrations. But I want to see the miracle signs and wonders in America. Amen. In our neighborhoods, right in front of me, we want to see this miracle. And I believe that's where God is moving the church to. So what do we have to do as Christ followers? I have to contend, right, to see the right perspective of the supernatural. 
I'm not going to look to get up every week and go to church on Sunday and, and uh, maybe serve on my Sunday post. No, I'm going to put in front of me, I'm going to contend to have the right perspective of the supernatural move of God. I want to experience angels. I want to experience healing. I want to experience miracles, amen. Back in the, in the Bible, even in Acts in the New Testament, Paul would anoint handkerchiefs. That's the supernatural. And they would send handkerchiefs off, and whoever touched that handkerchief was healed by the power of God. That is not a natural thing. That isn't something you can get educated about. Well, how do I anoint the handkerchief? And what kind of anointing oil do I use? Is it frankincense? Is it myrrh? No. It can be Crisco, and you can anoint that toilet paper, and the glory of God can release miracles. We got to get out of our religious thinking. All God wants to do is manifest his glory here on earth. And what is his kingdom? Signs, wonders, and miracles. There is a world that is broken, that is hurting, that is addicted, who has lost their hope, and we've got the power of God hidden in these four walls. And God says, let's turn it inside out, send my power to the world so they can be set free. Amen? Amen? Now that's exciting, isn't it? That's what church is supposed to be about. But we have to change the way we see church culture. And you've got to realize that this is not church. This is a church service. It's a training center. It's equipping. But you are the church. You carry the anointing of God. You carry the power of God. It is not just for pastors and elders and those sanctioned by the church. If you have Jesus, you have been given the power of God on the inside of you. And God wants us to release that power into the world. Amen. So what is the kingdom and what does the kingdom do? We have to understand that. It's not a natural process. Amen. It's a supernatural move of God. We carry the atmosphere of contending in the spirit, not with our words, but by the spirit. It's not how much you say. It's not how articulate you think you are. I think the greatest fear when people want to pray for someone is, well, I don't know what to pray. What if I don't pray the right way? God isn't looking for that. Man made it that way. God says, are you a vessel? Do you understand my kingdom is in you? He said, if I'll use a donkey to reroute a man of God, I can use you to do something for the kingdom of God. All he's looking for is availability in this season, amen, to do the wondrous works of God. So it's not about how well you speak or how spiritual you think you are. I've met some spiritual people. How about you? And their words fall right here in front of me because it's religion and it's rhetoric and it has no power behind it. The world is looking for the power of God. This generation is looking for the power of God. They don't want all this perfect little church. They want to see the demonstrations of God. Is God real? Is his power real? And we know yes and amen, that's true, but let's show them. Let's show them the power of God, amen, instead of doing cute little church together. I love cute church. It's comfortable. But, man, I just can't wait for the day that people are running around this sanctuary. People are being delivered in worship. Nobody has to touch them. They're in the back row bound by addiction, and the Spirit of God hits them, and they get set free. That's, that's the kingdom. The kingdom is God. is not rules and regulations and order. That's part of it. But the kingdom is about the demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. 
I remember when I was a youth pastor back in my dad's church in Beloit, Wisconsin, we had a precious move of God, and these kids would come in, they were inner city street kids, and we'd bust them in, and we'd release the power of God over them, and this is no joke, they'd come up to get saved. These kids were selling drugs to put food on the table for their parents, they were lost, they were the forgotten generation, and they would come forward to give their life to Jesus, and this one boy, his eyes were bugging this big, and I'm like, he was a real tall kid too, so I stood on the altar, and I said, what? what's the matter with you? He goes, I don't know what happened, I came up here to get saved, and these words just started coming out of my mouth. He got filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, walking to give his life to Jesus. That's the kingdom of God. Those are the demonstrations that we want, not to try to, let's figure out how you can know Jesus. No, I want to show you Jesus. I want to show you his power. I want to show you the great God that we serve. Amen. That's exciting for me, and that'll be exciting to whoever I'm ministering to. So the kingdom of God is in you. When you receive Jesus, you've got now that kingdom that's in heaven. We'll talk about that in a minute. And now that kingdom is in you. So it's a well. If you think of a water well, you have a well of the kingdom in your life. And you are able to, when you're facing depression or anxiety or whatever is going on in your world, I can dip into that well of the Holy Spirit and I can pour it out on my situation. I have a never-ending reservoir of power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that's why I don't have to walk like the world walks. I don't have to be fearful like the world fear. I'm not fearful about what's happening in November. I'm not fearful about losing my I'm not fearful. Why? Because if God be for me, who can be against me? As Christ followers, we have to get that faith on the inside. I serve a powerful, living God. Amen. So you can dip into that anointing of God. Listen, it's not about every scripture verse. No. Should you know the word? Yeah, the Bible says you should hide it in your heart. But it's not about I need to know all the theology. Tell me the hermeneutics. Where did it begin and where did it end? Where's the Greek? Where's the Hebrew? That ain't going to mean nothing when you meet somebody bound by a devil. They don't care what Greek you know. They don't care what, you know, theology you study. They want to know, can you set me free? I don't have to dig into anything, but Holy Spirit, I'm freaking out, but I'm going to cast this devil out in the name of Jesus because I've got the power of God living on the inside of me. Isn't that awesome? God wants you to move in that power. It's not about your education. It's not about how great and skilled you think you are. God pulled Moses out to lead a million of his people out of slavery. He couldn't even talk. He stuttered. I would think God missed the will of God there. But God saw something in Moses. God saw steadiness and a faithful and ability to hear his ear. It didn't matter how eloquent he spoke. God said, you can do it. Take it on this journey and I will be with you. Quit putting yourself in a box of disappointment. I don't care where you came from, what mistakes you made, who beat you up, who you beat up, that don't matter in the kingdom of God. All that matters is that you know who you are and you allow God to flow through your life. Amen. So the major theme in the New Testament is all about the kingdom of God. You see it over and over in scripture. The kingdom of God is power. The kingdom of God is his church. It's a part of it. The kingdom of God is Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. And this is the theme of what the church is supposed to move in. Amen? So let's look at Luke chapter 10, verses 8 through 9. And this is the message version, and it says this. Jesus was speaking to the disciples. When you enter a town and you are received, eat what they set before you. What is that? That's relationship. 
You're sitting down with your family members. You're sitting down with coworkers, right? Somebody you're building relationship. Now, there'll be times where you'll be out on the street and God will move you. But most of the time, the influence you have is those that are around you. You're building that confidence. You're building that relationship. And he said, once they receive you, eat with them, right? And then do what? Heal anyone who is sick. What is that? That's the kingdom of God. It's not being secret sensitive. It's not watching what I should say. No, you're sick. In the name of Jesus, you're going to be healed. Heal anyone who is sick. That's startling to think that Jesus would require that of us. That's unnerving to see, well, you're going to lay hands on someone, Nord. You're going to go to the gas station tomorrow, this sick man walking on a cane, and Jesus said, say hi to him, and now heal him. Lay hands and heal him. That's unnerving. That's unsettling. We don't feel like we want to get in people's way, right? Or what if it doesn't work, and what if I look stupid? It doesn't matter. I have the kingdom of God within me. It's my responsibility to lay hands on the sick to see them recover. And if they don't recover in that moment, at some point it will manifest. But it's not my job for the healing. My job is to release the power of the potential to heal him. You don't know if he's going to get healed, but if you don't pray for him, I can tell you 100% he ain't getting healed. But if I lay hands on them, there's that potential that in that moment there'll be a miracle. We don't understand why or when they don't. We don't understand that. It's not my job or your job to understand. It's our job just to walk in the kingdom of God, amen, and step out by faith. We're going to have to have courageous faith in this season. I said this a few weeks ago. We're going to have to stand up to some Herods. There's going to be some people in the world that hates God right now, hates the local church, hates our faith. I don't think I've ever, never have I seen a faith more ridiculed than our Christian faith. Our Jesus. Every cartoon character, every show, every movie, it's our faith. Why? Because he is the true living God. And the devil and the world knows it. So they try to degrade the value of the God we serve and almost make us ashamed and fearful to stand up for the God that we serve. We're going to have to stand up boldly and declare Jesus. Amen. He says, I want you to what? Heal anyone who is sick and tell them. What's the rest say on that verse 9? God's kingdom is right on your doorstep. Listen, the kingdom is not when you show up at 949 East Bell Road. The kingdom isn't when you dial Pastor Barb's number and say, will you pray for my friend? No, the kingdom is at your doorstep. Healing is at your doorstep. Setting people free is at your doorstep. Seeing demons come out of people is at your doorstep. And we've got to contend to insert that in my life so that you can see the miracles God needs to have. Listen, there's going to be people you're going to reach that my feet could never go. You're going to reach a culture and a people and a different kind because of who you are, that I cannot go where they cannot go, but God has called you to go and to be and give away what God has given you. Amen? So what? The kingdom is right in front of you. It's not about charisma anymore. It's not about how spiritual we think we are. It's about stepping out by faith and do the works of the kingdom. Matthew 10, verses 7 through 8 says this. And proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is when? Now. The kingdom of heaven is now. What is the kingdom? It's not church. The kingdom is laying hands on the sick, casting out demons, seeing marriages restored, seeing drug addicts being delivered. That's the kingdom of God, putting people on the right paths. He says, um, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, 
cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. What is that? We're talking about being a carrier. When you know the power of God in you, you are a carrier of that power. And when you're a carrier of that power, you're a distributor in the time of need. But if you're not carrying the power of God and you walk into a situation and you feel insignificant and you've not valued yourself in God, you will never be a demonstration of God because you don't feel worthy. But you have to understand, you're just a carrier because of the God in you. The same God that's in me is the same God that's in you. I don't have super Jesus faith. I don't get to put on a red cap, a cape. I used to think I could, like, you, super Jesus. Like, I have super faith. No, I have to walk the same walk of faith that you have to walk, amen. The difference is knowing when I step up to the plate, it's not about Barb, it's about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in me. I can do nothing on my own, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow, it's so good. That was so good this morning. Jesus. Sorry, Alex, no power in your name, but that's okay. None of us minded. None of us minded at all. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's look at 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk. The kingdom is not about how good you can talk. What is it about? Power. The kingdom of God is about power, demonstrations, signs, wonders, and miracles. Some of us just need to stop talking and start, and start doing. Stop trying to convince somebody of your God. Show them your God. Amen. Because I, I, I may not say the right things, but I know God will show up if I invite him in. And he will not fail me. Amen. So it's the power of God. We're carrying, we're carriers of the power of God. Listen, you are a carrier of the power of God. Put that in front of you. You're contending for that revelation. So I want to ask you this morning, are you praying for miracles, signs, and wonders? Are we praying? Are we believing God for the supernatural to be opened up? I can tell you that's all I've been praying for since March. Since this whole thing happened, all I've been praying for is, Lord, I want a supernatural church. I want a church of your kingdom. I don't even know what that looks like, God. I've been practically raised in the church, and I know what church structure looks like, but I don't know what just letting God have, has complete control looks like. But all I know is I want him to. I want lives to be changed. I want lives to be transformed. We're going to have some Christians that's going to come in and help build the kingdom of God, but I want the world. I want the broken. I want the hurting. I want those that need a transformation and a touch from God. Why? Because that's really what the church should look like. My dad used to always say in our Beloit church, he said, you know, the church should stink. It should smell like sheep. The church should smell like people that are alcoholics and smell like cigarettes and smell like certain things. Why? Because that's what the church is for. It shouldn't be squeaky clean and, and clean and perfect. It should be for the lost and dying world who needs hope. Amen. So the kingdom of God, it's not about how organized or how much vision or how much goal setting or theology. That's not what it's going to look like in this season. The church can be run like a great business. You can run a business really well and you can put the best order in it and you can have thousands and thousands of people, but that doesn't mean the power of God is changing lives. Because it's not going to be about that kind of order. My dad always called it uh, controlled chaos. It's about to get out of control, but it's going to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. 
Amen? So it's not going to be about all of this. Not any more programs. Not any more meet this need. No. It's going to be about the church going out and being the hands and feet of Jesus. I am prophesying that. And I hope that you're getting that revelation in your spirit. It's not going to be about getting the world in the church. It's about you going to the world, winning them, and then bringing them to the house of God for instruction. The church has to love the lost again. We've got to love those that are going to hell again. We've gotten into perfect little services that we walk right by the lost and dying, and we don't care as long as I get a good word and a good worship service. Not doing that anymore, amen? God's changing. Are we believing God for the supernatural and stepping out by faith? Jesus, how he trained his leaders was what? Do you believe in the kingdom of God, and do you walk in the power of authority? That was leadership training. You want leadership training? There it is. Do something for God. Know the God in you and walk in the power that he gave you in your life. Amen. So the kingdom is this. It's not a realm of people. We think filling a church is that's kingdom. No. The, the kingdom is a realm, a realm that flows over and through people. The kingdom is what's in heaven, right? The Bible says, Matthew 6.10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth where it's already established in heaven. So my role is to take the kingdom that's established in heaven and bring it down here on earth, amen, manifesting the kingdom of God. It's the realm of God flowing through the believer, not the believer. The kingdom is what flows through you. Look at it this way, king, Jesus, dome, kingdom. You come under the kingdom. There's a submission to the kingdom. You can live your life every day saved and never come under the kingdom. Because when you come under the kingdom, you're submitting yourself to all that God is. Take my sin nature. Take my habits. I give you my all. It's not about rules and regulations at, the, at this point. It's about this relationship with God. And when God's ready, he speaks when I'm under the kingdom authority. Amen. So there's a covering that we come into. So the kingdom is an invisible force that we come into. And as we do, the kingdom rules and reigns over us. Isn't that good? So that means when you get up in the morning and you're having a rough day and you just had a good old fight with the spouse and you walk out the door and somebody wants prayer, how can I do that? I'm coming under the spiritual realm, the kingdom. I'm not ministering on my anger, my frustration. I walked into church ticked off before and had to get up here and preach. <laughs> And thank God I know it's not about me. It's about the kingdom. I'm coming to the power of God that's on the inside of me to be released so we can step away from the moment that wants to entrap us and keep us held to the past and say, no, I'm not identified by the past. I'm under the kingdom. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not perfect, but he is, so let's go. You can flow because of the God in you, amen? Thank God it's all about God and his kingdom. So we come under that rulership. So let's look at this. What is that? 1 Corinthians 2. Let's go there really quick. Got a few minutes this morning. I knew when I was preparing this I would never get through all of this because there's so much. But we'll take the best of it. Amen? So we're talking about the kingdom of God. The first one is ki the king's domain. When you are moving in the kingdom or the power of God, you have to know you are moving by the rulership of heaven. You're not ruling by your own authority or your own place of a position, you're moving by the rulership of heaven, the domain, who owns the heavens, right? His kingdom. So let's read 1 Corinthians 2. It says this, verse 1. I, brethren, 
This is Paul. When I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimonies of God. He's saying, I'm not coming to you because I'm very smart. I don't know who Paul might have been comparing himself to. I don't feel like he felt he was truly qualified to do what God's called him to do. So he was saying, listen, I'm not coming because I feel great. Verse 2, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. When you're ministering, you don't have to know every story in the Bible. It's not about being perfect. But the one thing you do have is Jesus Christ and him crucified. You have the power of the testimony of the cross. I was with you in weaknesses and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but what? In demonstration of the spirit and of power. It's not going to be about charming speakers in this season. Hear me. It's not going to be about popularity in this season. There's not going to be an elevation of one that has a voice to the world. It's not going to be about that anymore. It's not going to be about, it's going to be the mom at home that prays that ministers to other mom on the phone. Or when they show up at the door and they're going to get healed and delivered. That's the demonstration of the power of God. God's not looking for fame and popularity anymore. He never was. But unfortunately, the church, we set people up. We love their gifting. We love their calling. So we set them up. And all we do is set them up on a platform to fall. Because I've been around long enough to see that many times. When, when the church is done with the gift, they kick that platform off. We need a new who's next. Who's the next? No, we are the next. The church is the next. The born-again believers, the, the, American, the church of Jesus Christ is next. Verse 5, but that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. I can rest my faith in the power of God because God will never fail me. Amen. So the kingdom's domain. Let's look really quick at Matthew 16. Let's look at another one. Matthew 16, verse uh, 15. It says this. I think it's 15, is it? 16, 15 through 19. Yep, says this. Verse 15, this is Jesus talking to Peter. Now, remember, Peter was kind of wrestling with Jesus of who Je Peter thought Jesus was. Verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? He's talking to Peter. Peter, I don't care what anybody else thinks you are. Who do you say that I am? He was trying to get Peter to get a revelation of who he was in Jesus and who Jesus was to him. It wasn't about what was happening in these moves and healings anymore. It's about who are you. And think about that. He needed this revelation because he did betray Jesus later. He had to have this revelation of who he was. But look at verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. As Christ's followers, to carry this power of God, you've got to get a revelation. The reason why you're qualified is because you know he is the Christ, the son of the living God in your life. There's no other way. If you don't know Jesus is everything in your life and everything you do, for, you do in life is because of him, you'll never step out in faith. But I believe that you are the Christ. When you know that God has a power in your life, you'll step out by faith. Verse 18, verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father is in heaven. What's that? That's the revelation. If you don't believe God can use you, you feel you're disqualified. Until then, your prayer from now until then needs to be this, show me who you are, Jesus. 
Show me that you are the Show me that I am forgiven. Show me that I am restored. This has to be the number one revelation or you will never step out by faith. You will go to heaven. You will never see the God like you're supposed to move. Amen? Verse 18, and I say to you, this is Jesus, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. This was not just to Peter. This is to the one who has the revelation of Jesus. If you believe he's the Messiah, he said, I will build my church on you. Let me change. Just give me this testing. There we go. Testing. Okay. Jesus said, if you have the revelation like Peter had, what did he say? I will build my church on you. It's not just about Peter. This, Peter wasn't just the cornerstone. It's the ones who believe that Jesus is the Messiah and the power lives on the inside of you. Amen. On this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And verse uh, 19, and what will happen? I will give you the keys of the kingdom. When you know Jesus in your life. Can you give me just a little bit more power in this? When you know Jesus in your life and you have a revelation, you'll get the keys of the kingdom. And what does it say? When I get the keys, what does that mean? Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's the authority of the power in your life. When you know the Jesus that lives on the inside of you. I may not feel spiritual, but I can wake up tomorrow morning and I can bind every working force of the enemy and I can loose every power and miracle of God because of the power that was given to me by the kingdom of God that lives on the inside of me. I get that choice every day. In every moment, in every emotion, I have the kingdom in me. Amen. Thank God I don't have to wait to Sunday to get to church to find it. I can wake up tomorrow and have the kingdom of God. I can be driving in my car and have the kingdom of God. I can be grocery shopping and pull on the kingdom of God because he's in me and that power is in me. And I know that I carry the power of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's where that greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. That's where that comes from. Listen, the church is the vehicle. Now, the church is important, right? We need the local church. It's the bride, and it's where we teach and train, accountability, equipping, all of that. But the church is the vehicle. And I look at the church like the wineskins of a bottle. The wineskins holds it together, but the wine is the power of God that's poured out. That's why God's saying it's no longer the church, it's no longer the four walls. This is important, but what needs to be poured out of the church is the power of God. Amen. And the reason why I'm getting this in your spirit now is because I promise you there's going to be a day where you're walking, waking up one day and something's going to be different in your life. And you're going to feel it and you're going to know this truth that now is the time to move in the demonstrations of the Holy Spirit in my life. As a man as of your home, you can lay hands on your children. I know my brother and I both had physical ailments and I was lame in one leg and my dad was a baby Christian and something happened. I couldn't walk in this leg and they were praying over me, praying over me. And finally my dad got me up in the middle of the night and he says, he says I'm going to take you out in the living room. So he took me out and he had his Bible sitting on the floor. And he said, Barb, the Lord told me that if you stand on the word of God, you're healed. And that's true. Stand on the word of God. You're healed. He says, so you know what you're going to do? You're going to stand on that Bible and you're going to be healed. 
I'm like, okay, I'm just a kid, you know, stepping on that Bible, instantly healed. Why? Because a man had right in front of him the expectancy of the supernatural move of God. I'm not saying everything, every time you lay a Bible down, it's a revelation though. There's a revelation that says, if I do this, God is going to expect to be showed up and perform that miracle. That's why you got to get it in front of you. Now, take your kids to the doctor. Listen to me, right? Don't just pray for them and let them be at home. But you know what I'm saying. If they got a little fever, let, let your first thing be, I'm going to pray for them. Pray for them. Now, if it lingers, of course, go. But I'm going to exercise my faith, God. Faith is exercising. And I'm going to lay hands on my baby. And I'm going to speak healing over that baby and declare the power of God to touch them, right? And you begin to see your faith will stretch and grow. And if you practice on your family, what do you got to lose, right? <laughs> you won't look silly. I, my old pastors used to practice on their cars. They'd, they'd buy and sell cars. And they only had a little bit of money. And they'd command that car to work in the name of Jesus. And you know that car would work. And they would sell it, make some money, and then they'd do it over and over again. That's a supernatural move. It sounds silly. It's not silly. We serve a miracle-working God. Amen? That's the supernatural. Now, of course, we want it to be towards people. But you know what I mean. Amen? Okay, let me see where I need to wrap this thing up, you guys, because we have run out of time. Thank you, Jesus. So the church is the pouring out of the wine of God. And remember, it's the authority of God in you. Amen? It's the authority of God in you, the power of God on the inside of your life. I'm going to go ahead. Let's pray this morning. Hallelujah. So much more I wanted to say, and we'll get into more in the future, but... Father, I just thank you for every person that's here, Lord God. And I know, Lord, that you can touch them in only the way that you know how to touch them. And, Lord, I pray that any place of insignificance that they feel, any place where they feel lost, that, God, maybe they feel like they faced a dead end and there's no hope for their life, God. They feel like life is empty and, Lord, they were just dealt a bad deck of cards. Lord, you have them here today to hear this hope, to hear this message, that, Lord, in you it's just the beginning of their life, that you work all things together, God. And, Lord, any place that they feel they're not spiritual enough, not valuable enough, Lord, any place that they feel handicapped to not release your power, we bind that in the name of Jesus. We bind that in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your spirit that has freedom and liberty touch their hearts, touch their minds, Father God. Free up their souls today, Lord God, that they can be free to serve you, free to be vessels of your glory and honor, Father God. I just want to give the opportunity for anyone here this morning that needs to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus is the number one step. He is why you're here today. He is the reason why we can preach in faith. Jesus loves you. Jesus has never stopped loving you. The Bible says there's nowhere you can go from his presence because he loves you that much. And God isn't looking for you to get it perfect and God isn't looking for you to get it all right. He's saying come as you are. He loves you just the way you are. And all he's asking is that you say yes to him. That's it. Yes, it's a free gift. His son Jesus came, died for you, forgave you, wants restoration for you. But all you have to do is receive the gift and say yes to Jesus today. And everything else will work itself out in time and some discipleship. So I want everyone to repeat this prayer with me today for someone who may be saying it for the first time. Say, Father God, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins. I surrender myself to your anointing, your love, 
and your hope today. Come into my life. In Jesus' name. With all eyes still closed and heads bowed, if you said that prayer this morning and you truly meant it with all of your heart and you're still figuring it out, but you know that you made that commitment to Jesus, just raise your hand up all over this room and put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All over this room, thank you. Anyone else this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We seal this moment with your blood. We thank you for today and all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name, everyone said amen and amen.